Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It is Thanksgiving week, which means we got three games on Thursday and a special episode of the Breakout Football Podcast here on the Belief Podcast Network. I'm Zach Cohen of the Draft Network alongside the cordial Cole Topham of Devil's Digest. As always, we will kick things off with our weekly superlatives and our 10 takes on 10 players. Then we'll go rapid fire on some players we do or don't want on our rosters for the rest of this season. And finally, of course, we will end with your questions. And boy, did we get some good ones today. But Cole, it's only fair that we start with a news recap of the last few days. And there really hasn't been anything too crazy. Michael Carter out two to three weeks. The Titans cut Adrian Peterson. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram didn't participate in practice Monday. So nothing huge. Not necessarily up to the standard of the news we've gotten on previous Mondays and Tuesdays. But any major takeaways there? I mean, maybe not with the players, but we definitely had some, you know, head coaching carousel going on. Um, we have rumblings that Matt Nagy could be out of a job once he has coached um, after Thanksgiving, which is interesting. And there's certainly a lot of speculation and smoke around there. But Jason Garrett is also out as offensive coordinator for the Giants. So that has major implications for Darius Tony and Kenny Galladay, Evan Ingram, all those pass catchers over there in New York, um, because Freddie Kitchens is now oh going to be calling oh, plays no. for the Giants. You know that um, that tubby, you know, mustache-faced figure from from the Browns a few years oh ago. Yeah, God. that's him. That is him. He is has migrated over to the Big Apple, and he is now in. Um, blue and blue and red so we won't really that's gonna be an experiment yeah it's gonna be a terrible experiment one that should have uh they should have kept in the kitchen no i'm just kidding well we're gonna we're gonna forego all kitchens puns for the remainder of the podcast just because i think that's wise yeah there's so many of them we're not gonna we're not gonna delve into that uh in terms of like how it impacts the giants like we, we just won't really know i highly doubt there's gonna be much changes if anything maybe they get the ball to Saquon Barkley more Kadarius Tony looks like the second best offensive player on the Giants maybe the third is Andrew Thomas I don't know he's looked a little bit better than Darius Slayton or Kenny Galladay has that's for sure a healthy did you Sterling see the, Shepherd, um, baby did you see the ESPN article that that came out that said multiple uh league executives would not give Barkley a, a second contract I get it. I mean, the durability is obviously a concern with him. He's still so talented, but the best ability is availability, you know? Exactly. It's just, it's crazy how someone so obviously talented. Mm -hmm. And so when he, when he is on his A game, when he is on the field far and away better than any other running back that's that steps foot on the field on Sunday. It just seems like they're all going for a rebuild in the Big Apple. The Giants, like Dave Gettleman should have been out a long time ago. I don't even know yeah. if Joe Judge is the guy there. Daniel Jones shouldn't be a starting NFL quarterback. A lot of questions with the Giants. I guess the only real positive is like Barkley when he plays is good. Tony looks good. 
Like, like what else? What else? At least from an offensive standpoint, I don't really pay too much attention to the defense because offense is where they make the money, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like New York is, is going to be in this strange honeymoon period for a little while because, you know, Kadarius Tony on draft day was viewed as this kind of project and no one really knew how he was going to fit in with New York. Like was New York creative enough to maximize Tony in that offense? And throughout the season, it, it looks like that's been the case. You know, Tony has had some flashy plays. Um, he's looked apart on offense and it looks like New York can use him in a way that's going to maximize his unique abilities. But that is slowly going to fade away like that all of it, because ultimately winning football games is what pleases the fan base most. And even though Kadarius Tony is a human joystick and he can zip and zap around the field, eventually there's going to be a point where that is going to wear off on the fan base and they're going to be wanting more. And when the Giants aren't winning football games, that's when you have to blow everything up. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a whole new face to that organization next season whether from a head coaching standpoint a quarterback standpoint gm standpoint everything has got to go which means we should probably get into our weekly superlatives but before we do big news we have a sponsor we have a sponsor cole and i will tell the people about our quick little sponsor it's exciting it is called link me you might be asking what the hell is link me well let me (laughs) tell you It is an amazing new social media platform. There are thousands of new users joining daily and you can start posting on their feed to gain new exposure for your personal brand, business, whatever. My favorite part about it is that they're also a link sharing platform, which means you can add all your social profiles or website links to your profile and share it with anyone. You're even given a custom QR code to connect. So if you meet someone, they can scan it and then it goes to your profile and everything from your, your LinkedIn to your TikTok, Instagram, Venmo, your, your PS4 handle, all right there. It is so easy to scan with people when you meet them for the first time. It's easy to share all your profiles and simplify network. Link me, download it. First sponsor of the Breakout Football Podcast. We are also the first ever Link Me sponsored podcast. So we're breaking records here already. Super happy to have them on board. Go download the app, L-I-N-K-M. Big time stuff coming. Big time stuff. Look at this. Yeah, no, we're we're. It's awesome to have a sponsor that believes in us. Do you see what I did there, Zach? Ah, uh, <laughs> believe. I got it. Well, I can tell you right now, there's already a few players who I heavily believe in. As we go to our weekly superlatives, as always, we each got two. Could be good. Could be bad. Could be a little bit of both. Cole, kick things off as always. Yeah, so my first superlative is thank gosh for PPR. And this is going to be awarded to someone we've talked about pretty frequently on the podcast, Dolphins rookie wide receiver Jalen Waddle. Because if this if it hadn't been for PPR, this guy would have had a pretty mediocre stat line, no touchdowns, nine targets, 65 yards on eight receptions. Um when you head to the stat sheet, that's over 20 points and he's a top 15 wide receiver play, but that's with, that's without, or that that's with points per reception. If you take away that, he doesn't even crack the top 20. So Jalen Waddle doing just enough to stay fantasy relevant in PPR leagues. And I mean, that's why we have points per reception, right? 
Yep, of course, we do everything in PPR here on BFP, unless otherwise noticed. But I can tell you right now, there is one player who it does not matter what type of format you're in, unless you get one point for every five touchdowns, then Jonathan Taylor is the fantasy MVP of the season. We had to shout him out. Of course we did. He scored more than the RB3 and RB4 combined. Probably would have looked even better at Austin Eckler not gone up and dropped a multi-touchdown performance as well. There's no doubt in my mind that Taylor is the first pick in fantasy drafts next season. I don't care if it's best ball, dynasty, whatever, JT, RB1, player one. He, he scored in each game since week three. And then looking forward, he has an average schedule to end the season, but it doesn't even matter because the offense is so well designed for him. The Colts offense is Taylor. I wouldn't put it past voters giving him an MVP vote in the actual football world but in this world of fictional football there is no other player i'd want more on my roster than jonathan taylor right now hands down he just runs angry every single week and i remember there's a point in the draft process where people were looking at oh he has a high number of carries throughout his collegiate career what, how, how is that going to shape into the nfl is he going to be a little bit too tired beaten down battered down I, I think it's safe to say that those predictions just didn't come to fruition because Jonathan Taylor is a exciting football player to watch. Yeah. To me, that argument of, Oh, he might be battered. He gets used a lot in college. And and also the flip side of that, like, Oh, he doesn't get used much. He's going to have a lot of miles. So they can use him a lot. That seems like a bunch of BS to me. You, you have a whole off season where you could train and practice and prepare without getting bruised and battered by grown men every single weekend. So to yeah. me, like, it, it, I don't care if they've been used five plays a game, you get seven carries like Damian Pierce or, or like Josh Jacobs used to, or if you're an every down workhorse back, like Taylor was at Wisconsin, good players can play. Taylor's a good player. Heck he's probably one of the best in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, the idea of load management in the NFL is just kind of falling. And it's very interesting every single year to watch people try and put NFL players into the same box that they put NBA players, even mm -hmm. though there's like two entirely different sports with two entirely different timetables. Right. I mean, obviously, NFL plays less games than NBA, but on on game day, on Sundays, like if you can walk, then you're on the field on the NFL. And that's just the way it is players play hurt and i mean not to say like jonathan taylor is nursing injuries but he definitely delivers like the same amount of hits that he takes so exactly he is one of the best running backs in the last three four five years to have on your fantasy team which makes me wonder is there any other running back you'd want to talk about with your final superlative for the week yeah i got joe mixon and the superlative is false promises and I say that, but I don't say it convincingly because there's a question mark next to next to promises. Hmm. Week 11, this is the Raiders. He had a season high, 30 attempts, 123 rushing yards, averaging 4.1 yards per carry and adding on two touchdowns to boot for 24 PPR points, ranking in the top five running backs for the week. And this is the, the type of, you know, mid-season form entering fantasy playoff form that you'd like to see you know your top draft pick hitting and I think Mixon is really coming into his own and remember a few weeks ago I picked this guy 
to finish as RB1 for the season. And I'm, I'm going to stand by the prediction. He's RB6 so far, and there's still plenty enough time for him to piece together multiple high-scoring weeks. But I think, you know, these, these next few weeks could be a, a real dangerous stretch for Mixon. And, I mean, he's, he's over 20 points in over his last three games, over 20 points over four of his last five games. So I think this is this is a different mix in that isn't going to let mm-hmm. fantasy owners down this time around in 2021. Something that's being slept on too with the Bengals offense as a whole is they've been throwing the ball a lot less. They, they, their neutral pass rate has dipped. And we're at the beginning of the season through the first few weeks, they were top six, top seven in throwing the ball on in neutral situations, which favors like first and second and third downs, not overtime. It, it makes a lot more streamlined. Anyway, my point is the Bengals are running the ball a lot more, whether it's because they trust Mixon more or because he's just been playing better or a little bit of both. It's whatever the, the reality is Mixon's getting the ball a lot. So that's a good superlative. I, I pick Najee Harris. It's looking a little bit less likely now like to be the RB1 by the end of the season, but still possible. He took some scary hits the other day. Yeah, he left the game for a bit. If I were a Najee Harris owner, I would have my eyes set on Benny Snell, not as a waiver pickup, but like if, if you need a stash, you got an extra spot on your bench, keep an eye on Snell because he's been the second back for the Steelers, although Harris has played more than 90% of the snaps of the position this season. Yeah, I mean, running backs are just super valuable this time of the year where the top of the rankings get pretty thinned out and you're really just relying on, on mm-hmm. those that can, that can stay healthy. And that's really important because at this point in the year where everyone's, you know, nursing some licks, um, it's basically stopping the run is harder, like later in the NFL season. And, and that's why, that's why Derrick Henry, who unfortunately we won't be able to see his prowess in the back half of the season. is just so dominant because trying to stop the battering ram that is Derrick Henry when you're just on your your last legs and, and afterburners trying to just get to the end of the season, it seems like an impossible task. And so that's why you see a lot of these teams relying on the run more. And so if you if you have a workhorse running back on your roster, then get in get ready and strap in for you know a, a lot of high carry weeks in the future. It's kind of ridiculous to think that Henry is injured because he was always like the Iron Man of the position. It's just been such a weird season. And I think another example of that is how Patrick Mahomes has played as of late, which ties into my final superlative, the biggest trade bait. Mm -hmm. Now, I got to give you some credit. I got to give you some credit because from week seven to nine, Mahomes averaged about 10 points. That's three starts where he was not even a quarterback two. That prompted you to say people should consider benching him over Teddy Bridgewater. Remember that? Yes. What an idiot I was. <laughs> well, you said that that he goes off and drops thirty six point two points, and every and then you're like, "Oh man, I that's that wasn't good." Just rain in the takes. That's the last time I'll I'll stick my neck out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that guess what happened? He put up seven point five points. You were right. You cannot trust him every week. Look, Mahomes is still one of the best players in football, no doubt about it. But you can't trust him every week. You you just can't. And look at the last four games in Kansas City's schedule. Their defense was the ones that kept him in the game, not the offense. Look, Mahomes is still playing fine, but he's not playing it like the Patrick Mahomes everyone knows and loves. And looking ahead, Mahomes on a bye this week. Then he gets the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Chargers. 
Denver and LA are top 10 in FPA or fantasy points allowed, which means Denver is ha- has allowed the fourth fewest points to quarterbacks. The Chargers have allowed the seventh fewest points to quarterbacks. Now, I will say in week 16 to 17, Mahomes gets two defenses in the bottom eight in FPA, but you need to get there first. How can you worry about the championship if you're not even in the playoff set? You can't. Yeah, you no, can't. you just can't. You got to worry about the playoff weeks first, then figure out the title weeks once you have the next couple of weeks settled. So feel free to use that as a selling point for trading Mahomes because if, if you own Mahomes right now, you should 100% look into trading him unless your backup is like a Taylor Heineke or a Jimmy Garoppolo. He is the biggest trade bait in fantasy right now. Get rid of him. Yeah, no, I agree. Sell high on the name while you still can. Um, and especially like you, you have that, 30 point performance in the bag just a few weeks ago that is proof that he can still you know turn it on he, he can still operate with the same healthy arrogance that uh he holds and and you just hope that there's more performance there's more seven point performances in the future than there are the 30 point performances so i i like i like selling mahomes in this situation get yourself a more you know consistent quarterback option that basically you're you're gonna know what to expect right that isn't as volatile that is reliable what a world we live in where trevor simeon's a better start than patrick mahomes my goodness who would have thought i mean it's uh it's crazy nfl in 2021 it's weird well with that we will get into our 10 takes cole and i each got five players for the other person and we will give a take on them why don't you give me a player first? What's a player you'd like to hear a take on? Yeah, Zach, how about Cam Newton, okay? Return to Carolina, DJ Moore. What does that do for his fantasy stock? But also, it, it always just it feels like Cam never left. He's, he's just fit into this team perfectly and seamlessly. And, I mean, he, just, he wears Carolina on, on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. It was so great to see Cam Newton back. He also just looked pretty good. Like you said, he just seemed like he never left. He had 26.16 fantasy points, only 189 passing yards, but he did pass for two touchdowns. He also ran for a touchdown with 46 rushing yards. He completed 21 of 27 passes. Look at this man. It's like he never skipped a beat. However, it was against Washington, and they are dead last in FPA to quarterbacks. So, yeah, Cam did have an easy matchup. But one more performance like this, and Newton will be firmly in the quarterback one territory. He, he would be a must-start every week just based on his rushing ability and his usage. It sets a very high floor for him. So he'll probably be on your, a starter on your team for the rest of the season. Maybe not for his buy in week 13. Let's get that out of the way, which is another thing to keep an eye on if you are making trades at the trade deadline this week. I would assume it's this week. You don't really want players to have a buy because these are going to be crucial weeks unless you can afford to take a hit. Say you have only lost one game, you're locked into the playoffs. Okay, then feel free to trade for some players who are on bye weeks. And then obviously Newton does have Miami and Atlanta, both of whom are in the bottom six of FPA to quarterbacks this season. Cam is one more good game away from proving he is a must start every week. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I just, I I can't believe that we're here three years later after Cam Newton was, it it kind of felt like he was forced out. Like it, it was like a, a divorce that was reluctant you, you know what i mean and yeah. i think carolina's changed a lot 
they realize they've got some weapons. They got a better supporting cast and, and Cam Newton's reaping the benefits. And it just seems like, you know, some things are better off just leaving unchanged. Yep. They needed to pave way for a new young franchise quarterback. And while Carolina didn't find one, I need your take on this franchise quarterback because he hasn't been playing so hot lately. What's your take on Josh Allen moving forward? I think if Josh Allen did not have the luck that he has right now, then we would be talking about him and his inconsistencies in the same way that we talk about Mahomes each week, at least now, where, Mm -hmm. I mean, the the dude has five picks over the last three games. He's coming off a pretty lackluster passing performance against the Colts where he threw 35 times and only completed 21 passes for 209 yards. And that's just not something you want to see when you've got a downward trajectory on the slope to the fantasy playoffs. And so, I mean, I, I think, I think Allen is he'll, he'll iron out the shakiness, but it's not, it's not good to see because I mean, some of the throws he was making during that game were absolutely terrible and defenders were just like dropping interceptions left and right. And it's not even just that game. Like in, in the two other weeks that I discussed, he's, he's been so lucky in the fact that like interceptions have just slipped through the fingers of defensive backs. So, I mean, that's, that's my take on, on Josh Allen. I think he has been extremely lucky the last few weeks. And if, if these, if this like inaccuracy throwing the football continues, then I think it might hurt people that put too much faith in him as the games really start to mean more at the end of the season. I just have no clue what's going on with this Buffalo offense. They have looked so out of sync the last few weeks. And obviously that's been benefit. That's not, that's been impacting Josh Allen. I was going to say benefiting, but that just would not be the right word choice there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just kind of weird. Like some, I mean, they, they did have like a pretty early buy and some, some teams will, will take that buy and, and, make adjustments and, and look spectacular. And some will, will take the week off and really, you know, lose their any sort of sense of momentum. And I feel like that's what's, what's kind of happened to Buffalo. Um, I mean, the weather was also kind of, kind of terrible that game too. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's tough when you're gunslinger quarterback, you're limited by the elements, but I, I mean, at the same time, it's, it's, it's concerning nonetheless. Extremely concerning. With that, we'll move past the quarterbacks, get some takes on some skill players. Who's the first one you got? Give me a name. I'm ready. I got the arsenal. I'm, I got all the numbers, the stats, the data. Let's go. Let's figure this yeah, out. Like I said, the, the running back group, as we get toward the end of the season, is, is thinning out. So, uh, Devontae Freeman. Oh, um, what do you think of what do you think of him as an option? Oh man, it, it, he's a good option, and I can't believe I'm saying this. It just goes to show how bad the running back situation is. Not Even just when he now. was the highest paid running back in football. Oh my goodness, what, what a Seems like I mean, an eon ago. Yeah, it wasn't a mistake, but just like it, it's crazy to me to see him be back and like he is one of the hottest running backs in football right now. Not because he's putting up 20 plus points each week but because you probably could have gotten him on the waivers this week, let alone last week. And if he still is there, scoop him up immediately. Now, I don't know if I'd start him. It really depends. Yeah, he's posted double-digit points in four of the last five games, and he appears to be the Baltimore running back of choice. 
And look, yeah, Latavius Murray did nothing in his first game back from injury. Though maybe that changes next week against Cleveland. He, he just has like average matchups for the rest of the season too. I would say be cautious with starting Freeman because he seems to be a bit too touchdown dependent to rely on every week. But points are points. And when you're averaging the production, Freeman has been. Look, like, yeah, he, he's an option to start. And 100% someone who shouldn't be on waivers right now. Yeah, I just i am thinking back to the beginning of the season where it looked like a pretty, you know, one-two, a Ravens backfield prime to deliver a one-two punch. And then completely, like, the identity of that backfield has been completely turned upon its head. Or it seems like we're getting a lot of some of our, our old heroes like Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman thrown <laughs> in the mix. Um, I, I couldn't – if you would have given me, like, the odds where Devontae Freeman – where you said Devontae Freeman would be the starting running back three-quarters of the way through the 2021 season, like, 10 months ago, I think I would have, like, laughed you – laughed you off. Everything about this season is so freaking weird. Like, oh, the Titans, in order to replace Derrick Henry, signed Adrian Peterson only to cut him. Yeah. <laughs> so much weirdness about it all. Uh, something that's not been weird is James Robinson. He's been all right. Has been a consistent producer of enough points, but he's been he's been all right. What's your take on Robinson? Yeah, I mean, I think Robinson is he, – he's been solid – and I think he's he's right in the area where he isn't like game changing, but he's been like a a decent pickup for not, not pickup, but I mean you know what I'm what I'm trying to say, like mm-hmm. a, a decent running back too for this season, and I, you know I applaud him for that because it's kind of seemed like after Travis Etienne went down, Robinson was it, it seemed like he was going to get figured out, right? Um, it didn't it seemed like Urban Meyer didn't really have a plan for him outside of you know just being the type of slasher rollback to, you know, get the offense a, a few yards and then let Trevor Lawrence cook the ball. And the fact that he's the running back 14 on the season, he's actually tied right now um, with Daryl Henderson. I think that's, that's like super impressive that he's been able to adapt to this, this head coaching change or this, this adversity in the, in the backfield when it, when it didn't seem like he was going to have a huge role to begin with, with um, Travis Etienne entering the fold and then, you know, getting injured uh to start the season so um i think i think james robinson is definitely beating expectations this season yep and good for him there there certainly have been a lot of players to to be doing it regardless obviously there's busts every year but but people kind of look like we're from where robinson was at the start of last season to becoming like this solid running back even if the team he's on is terrible uh, good for him that's good for him especially good for fantasy p- players and if you do have robinson and you are in a dynasty league might i add you should trade him immediately because etn look they drafted him in the <laughs> first round etn's yeah. coming back i'm already i'm already thinking way ahead here way ahead you gotta yeah, keep yeah, on well, those you, you gotta play the long con game but i mean i i wouldn't have expected robinson this season to have more ppr points than, than dalvin cook or antonio gibson um i mean even throw josh jacobs in there yeah, it's telling you, it's a weird freaking season. We'll keep it clean, of course. I'll keep the ball rolling on 10 takes here on the Breakout Football Podcast, now sponsored by Link Me. Great app, 
multi-uses definitely got to go check it out if you haven't already and if you download the app and create in accounts i'm talking to you our beautiful listener or you cole whatever you want then you will be granted basically unlimited questions you can just ask us questions from the app just do that and then how will we not see it so download link me first ever sponsor of the breakout football podcast big things as we keep the ball rolling here on our week 12 thanksgiving episode yeah, I mean, what you said earlier, though, about how link me, you know, you can bring it up barcode, you can scan it, and then you have all their information like that's totally the future of our of our world. And sorry to get off on this tangent, but with like crypto and NFTs and everything that's <laughs> that's that's going on like that, like having your own personal page, that's like your own embedded code and everything like that, like your your own personal uh, link me page that has that has everything social connected to it that is like strictly your own is like totally is is totally the future and is going to definitely be worth a lot of money these days and especially if if we keep this up zach yeah we'll have to see where it goes great app uh we keep the ball rolling on 10 takes give me a player i'm 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 feeling hot i'm feeling like i'm on a roll right now Who, who you got next yeah i have seen so i i feel like every time i log on to twitter I see this player's name at the top of my feed, and it's okay. Elijah Moore. You uh-huh. you can dig up any sort of stat for every single category, and his name is at the top of the list. He is going ballistic the last four weeks, um, and I feel like, you know, that that's what is encouraging to you. Elijah Moore was my favorite wide receiver pick at the beginning of the season. I am so happy that that panned out. He's just so good. He's been on fire. He's piled up double-digit games since week seven. Thank goodness for Mike White, Josh Johnson, and (laughs) Joe Flacco. I was about to say, and and he's put it up with three different quarterbacks. Yeah, he he must not be a big fan of Zach Wilson coming back this week. (laughs) (laughs) Because, look, Morris coming off his second game of 27-plus points in the last three games. You got to ride the hot hand. You, you just got to. Look, he started off slow with injuries. And yeah, Zach Wilson, again, not the greatest, but it is time to let more fly in your lineups. He has a solid matchup against Houston, a tough one against Philly, and great ones against New Orleans and Miami. Elijah Moore, wide receiver two moving forward in fantasy lineups. Yeah, I've, I forget. I, I saw this tweet once. That's that like listed his target share over the last four weeks. I, I'm trying to find it right now, but I, I can't. But I bet it was something insane for sure. That's the thing. It's it's like a okay target share, wide receiver one target share on the Jets. But he's just such a good player that look, he can see like an above average target share. He's just making it happen. He is just producing more. Is really the rookie receivers this season have all been really good for the most part. Rondell Moore, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Rashad Bateman, Jamar Chase, Kadarius Tony when he's healthy. I don't think I'm forgetting anymore, but Elijah Moore, man, has, oof, he, he's probably my favorite of the bunch. There's a lot to like about him. Yeah, and the, and the Jets deserve somebody, like a playmaker <laughs> like this, right? Because I don't think they've had a receiver like this exciting since Robbie Anderson, and I, didn't, I don't even think Robbie Anderson was all that exciting. Like I think there is there is a point where um, the Jets were entering the the season with Robbie Anderson as the number one wide receiver, and I was making jokes like, 
like really this is this is this is this is the core that the jets are, are throwing out there to the wolves and, and to the rest of the afc east to get picked upon so i mean it's, it's good to see the jets take like a step in the right direction especially in their draft evaluation process because it is they're they're not some happy campers over there let's see there's been one player that like i've been thinking about for a while and I, I got asked about him earlier today, and I just I just need your opinion on it. What the hell should we be doing with Tony Pollard right now? Is he is he worth a start? Is he like obviously he's worth a bench spot, right? What's your opinion on him? I flip flop on on Pollard so often because mm-hmm. like it, it seems like he, <laughs> it comes in waves, right? I mean it's it's like a it, it's literally like a wavelength, right? He'll have one game where he scores around like fifteen points. Or, or something like that. He'll get decent work in the receiving game. He, he might even go over like 100 yards rushing or, or at least get decent enough usage in, in the rushing game where you're like, okay, he's, he's having a, a larger role than we anticipated. He's, he's splitting, not evenly, but at least getting a decent chunk of Zeke's carries to, to, the, to the point where, you know, we start considering him in, in like the running back to flex range. But I, I mean, Pollard hit, He'll, he'll go stretches where he, he scores 23, he scores 14.3. And then on, on the other hand, on the flip side, a few weeks later, 3.7 and 5.3 PPR points. And I mean, he, he plays the, the Raiders um, Thanksgiving week and Zeke is, he, 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 it's up in the air with it, with his knee injury. So I, I think I would play Pollard as, as a pretty safe running back too against um against the Raiders Thanksgiving week. But aside from like the foreseeable future, I just don't think he's even worth it as, as a handcuff, just because you never know what his usage is going to like. Like it, it legitimately comes down to game script. It's not like this Nick Chubb, Kareem hunt, um, you know, when, when both are healthy, where there's a pretty even split and you can, you can tell like, you know, what, which player is going to get game scripted out. Like with the Cowboys, you, you don't really know what's going to happen and, and it's not worth rolling the dice. I don't really have anything to add to that. Like, well, that was perfect. Like, geez, did you, did you rehearse that? Cause <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You hit on all the points and that is, that's a little bit of a spicy take though. Yeah. We need to see what's up with Elliot's knee. If I, I think it'll be fine for uh, what Thursday, I think he's playing the second game. So I, I think he should be fine. I haven't seen any reports suggesting he won't be as of now, but like, Ooh, starting Pollard RB two. I don't, I don't know. You, you might need to be a little on the desperate side for that. Yeah, I mean, Theo Ash, who we had on, I think it was week two mm-hmm. um, on the Breakout Football Podcast. He firmly believes that Tony Pollard is a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott and that the Cowboys would do themselves a favor by shipping Zeke out of Dallas. I could make that argument. I don't know if I would, but I think I could. I, I think I could. Well, what, what player do you want to hear me rant about? I don't know if I can match the, uh, that rant you just went on, but I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Good luck on that. But um, we talked about Josh Allen earlier, Emmanuel mm-hmm. Sanders. I feel like he's been a nice little little sleeper matchup based um, pick for a few weeks this season. W- what are you expecting from him like moving forward? Are, is Buffalo going to get a little bit more consistent in the passing game? I have a massive bone to pick with the Buffalo Bills offense, especially <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders. He started the season so hot. Through the first six games, he averaged 15 points. Over the last four games, he's barely averaged six. The sad part is it all changed after the bye week. As real as post-bye week bumps are, 
So are post bi week flops. I've been saying that all throughout the show's history that things change after the bye weeks and can stay that way. And right now, Sanders is not relevant enough in fantasy. It's even sadder when you look at how easy the Bills' schedule has been to this point and their next few games, week, weeks 13 to 16. Oh man, that is. That's one bumpy hell of a road if Sanders is going to complete a comeback and return to how he was playing at the beginning of the season. In those four weeks, all the teams they're playing are in top 11 of FPA to wide receivers. Trade them, get rid of them. You can't start them. Consider cutting him. Maybe not this week, but in a week if, if he continues to suck. Sorry, Emmanuel Sanders, but like you're letting me down over here. I don't, I don't know what to say any more than that. He's, he's definitely on my naughty list. Yeah, I mean, what happened to to Buffalo? Like, they just seem to have lost any sort of touch of aggressiveness that they carried over from last season. I mean, they they basically allowed, you know, the top of the AFC East to slip through their fingers to the Patriots, who not only looked like the best team in the division, but one of the one of the best teams in the conference. So I, it's it's just it, it's a different Bills team than we saw from last year. And it, it kind of seems like it stems from the top down with, with Josh Allen. The AFC is so up for grabs right now, man. We got no idea what's going to happen. And it's kind of like how we have no idea what's really going to happen with Brandon Ayuk every week. He has been frustrating the hell out of fantasy managers all season long. Just had a great game, but is it enough to, to start him moving forward? What's your thoughts on Ayuk? Yeah, I mean... I don't know if it's enough to start him moving forward because, I mean, honestly, there's there's a great chance Ayuk is floating around on your waivers because a bunch of fantasy managers got sick of of Shanahan's shenanigans and Ooh. and just decided, okay, we're not we're not going to deal with this. But I mean, Ayuk, eighteen point seven PBR points two weeks ago. You know, LA Rams, kind of a kind of a rough game, five point six, but rebounded in a big way caught all seven of his targets for 85 yards and a touchdown, 21.5 PPR points. This looks like the Brandon Ayuk and the usage of old. Um, and, you know, whether whether he's a safe start moving forward, I don't think so. I think you still have to throw caution in the wind, especially since, you know, Debo Samuel is going to command a gargantuan target share each week, no matter who the opponent, like he always does. But, I mean, that's seven for seven line and, and finding the end zone. Um, that's, that's his second end zone trip in the last three weeks. It's definitely a good start. And it's a good start that could lead to, you know, more starts in your, in your fantasy lineup moving forward. Mm -hmm. Dude, I don't know. We, I'd feel like we are just on a, on a freaking roll today. Like, oh man, like I, you, I, you, like thing with me is, we just don't know. We, ju we just don't know. Like, there's no real way of knowing what the hell he's going to be doing each week. There's so many, so many question marks. Because one week he'll ball out, the next week he won't. There's really no explanation why. Because the Niners are just playing all over the freaking place, man. Like, we just... I, I couldn't tell you. Like, I don't think I'd confidently start Ayuk this week. And you are right. He was the number one wide receiver on my waiver pickup this week. And I was shocked to see that he was available in nearly half of fantasy leagues, according to fantasy pros. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Cal Shanahan. He has a to-do list taped to like the top of his refrigerator. <laughs> and at the top of the to-do to -do list is 
like find a role for Brandon Ayuk this week. And sometimes he crosses that off like three times over. And sometimes he just leaves that box unchecked and, and doesn't worry about it. So, I mean, hopefully it, it seemed like with him leading the 49ers and targets against the Jaguars that he was a little bit more of a priority, but I mean, this was only his second time getting seven or more targets this season. Um, his last time was, was against Arizona where he had eight targets and that was also his second highest scoring outing of the season. So, I mean, what that correlates to is just get the ball in Brandon Ayuk's hands more and let him, you know, work his magic in space. But it kind of seems like even that is a struggle. Two more takes left for each of us before we get into our thumbs up or thumbs down. Some rapid fire players trade for trade away fan questions to end. But first I got a player for you. You got a player for me. Let's hear yours for me. Just try yeah. not to get too angry about it. I can't believe you snuck your, your little fantasy football crush in here, but <laughs> I, somehow we're talking about TJ Hawkinson for who knows, God knows like how many times we've, we've mentioned his name on his podcast, but okay, Zach, I, I get it. You know, like the, the lions they're, they're finally going to face reality here in, in a few, in a few weeks and maybe they'll, they'll start tanking, but I just, just get it over with. What do you have to say about <laughs> Hawkinson? Well, first off, I think the lions not only beat the bears on Thursday, but they send Matt Nagy packing. So let's plant that flag now. Okay. All right. Second off, I try to talk about players that like, other people are talking about and it's always the same tight ends it's always the tight ends that that balled out or didn't show out at all Hawkinson didn't really do either but remember last week he had a donut and yeah we do talk about him a lot and I did say after his donut in week 10 against that weird Pittsburgh game don't panic chill out and look he did bounce back with a solid 11.1 points finished as the tight end 15 he's still tied for the third most games as a tight end one so he still has not been a bad pick the only good pick at tight end this season has really been travis kelsey you probably overdrafted darren waller but even then he's still been a player you could start each week but those are kind of it like there's really hasn't been a good tight end this season but looking at hawkinson for as good as he was to start the season he's tapered off a bit i'm a little worried i'm not gonna lie and not just because of his talent. Doubts creeping into Zach's brain here? A little bit. And it's wow. mostly because of his schedule. The next four games, he faces the second, first, fourth, and eighth toughest teams against tight ends. Having Tim Boyle or Tim Boyle Light, a.k.a. Jared Goff, uh, doesn't help. So I'm a little weary of starting Hawkinson moving forward. And not just because the Lions offense is the equivalent to baloney. It just sucks. Yeah, I feel like it's at this point in the season where you start looking at the remainder, you you analyze your fantasy football playoff hopes and you and you start to look at the remainder of, of your schedule and, and what opponents your players play. And then you're like, man, I really should have took this into account when I was drafting my team. And of course, it's, it's already late. And of course, you're, you're not going to worry about that on draft day. But there's that little pit in your stomach where you kind of see like a sea of red <laughs> for like week 14 uh, yeah. in terms of like the, the matchup quality. And you're like, yikes, I'm really going to have to play the, the first place team with this lineup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've always been big on who cares 
about bye weeks or perceived schedule difficulty when you're drafting, you'll figure that stuff out later. But at the same time, obviously there comes a point like around week 10, week 11, where you start to look at the weeks past your trade deadline. You start to look at the playoffs. So if you your deadline hasn't passed yet, TJ Hawkinson could be a player you tried to trade away right now. And with that, with that, are we done? Do we got to get to one more player? You got one more player. That's I, right. I got one more player, but it's easy to skip over me because I decided not to go the tight end route. I uh-huh. am rebelling. I'm not going to talk about a tight end this week because the tight end position is a wasteland. And every <laughs> single year they, they just rely on, on touchdowns and it's a, it's a cheap way to play the position. And, and I think kickers are more valuable. Anyway, there's, there's the rant. Um, we're going to talk about Darnell Moody because he has enjoyed a spectacular last three weeks, uh, 49ers, uh, Steelers, Ravens. He put up a combined 55 points across all three of those teams. This latest outing against Baltimore, he only had five catches, but he made all of them count to the tune of 121 yards and a touchdown. He had 16 targets this game. I mean, that that's just a, a bonkers stat line. I mean, I know Allen Robinson's, you know, been nursing injuries and everything, and, and Mooney is kind of really the only reliable option in the passing game, but but 16 targets like that is that is the potential of Darnell Mooney to to take over this offense as, as a leading weapon. And I think that's encouraging for the Bears who are, are you know, this isn't isn't a fantasy implication, but it bodes well for Mooney's future in this offense that they they trust him as a, as a legitimate weapon and not as as just like a field stretcher. That's what those 16 targets proved to me. And so I think there, there are definitely brighter days ahead for Mooney and this nice little stretch. Um, or is 12, 20, and 23 points proves that, you know, he, he, he has what it takes to ascend into that upper echelon of, of fantasy wide receiver rankings. Mm-hmm. I love Mooney. I, I tweeted about him over the weekend too. He is not like your typical wide receiver one, but he just gets the job done. And, and we'll have a little bit more on him in a, a little bit too, as we switch from our 10 takes to our new segment. Thumbs up or down, pretty dang simple. It's like a Coliseum rapid fire type of game. Cole's got five players he's going to bring to the arena, if you will. I got five players I'll bring. We're going to put up our thumbs. Obviously, we will tell you if our thumb is up or down. And we will say a little snippet or two why. Just rapid fire, quick hit advice on these five players with the theme being, do you want it? would you trade for this player or would you trade mm-hmm. him away so you got your first five players do you want me to give my five first or do you want to go first Nah, i'll, I'll go i'll go straight ahead let's let's plunge into mine all right sounds good your first player who is it all right it's it's kurt cousins um like we said uh we're gonna be holding our thumbs up right now it's at a neutral position are you trading for or away kurt cousins ready three two one. Oh. okay thumbs we agree up. You go first, Zach. Just simply put, like, he's a formidable backup. He's not going to start for you every week, but based on his matchup and look at, like, what he's done throughout the season, he's had, like, three or four weeks where he just was unstartable. But every other week, he's putting up solid enough points. I I don't know if I'd start him every week, but someone I'd trade for if I really needed a quarterback, mostly because he's probably someone's backup. Yeah. I mean, if I had Mahomes, I think I'd probably trade for Cousins. And yep. um, with, with just how volatile Mahomes is, I'd probably, you know, lean towards lean towards the consistency of cousins. If I'm really trying to make like a, 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 
honest push at, at the playoff picture. Yep, there you go. All right, next player. We both agreed on Cousins. Let's see if we can keep that streak rolling. Who's next? All right, we, we've debated the Eagles' backfield over the last, you know, few weeks or so. But Miles Sanders, he's returned. He's healthy. Um, what do we think? Is is he a back that has had some time to, to rest up that we feel confident in? Three, two, one, go. Ah. Oh, wow. That, was, that seemed kind of reluctant, Zach. I, I don't know. Like, thumbs up. We both did thumbs up. It's just like he's probably such a buy low at this point. And could you start him right now? Heck no. But the potential is still there. He dominated the Eagles backfield. He only had one target, which isn't great. But still, he led the team in carries by far. Jordan Howard's banged up. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is the primary runner there. But the upside with Sanders it's still there. I wouldn't pay a huge price for him, but he's probably someone you can get relatively cheap for the ceiling that he clearly has. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly my mentality. It likely the person who, you know, manages Sanders in your league is probably pretty frustrated at this point, um, especially if he drafted Sanders the year before. But we all know that this Philadelphia offense is run first, and whether that's, you know, on the wheels of, of Jalen Hurts or they're handing the ball off in the backfield, Philadelphia is going to lean toward the run. I mean, you just look at Devontae Smith's numbers and he's not getting any more than like six or seven targets a game. And so this is this is a run for Philadelphia offense. And Miles Sanders, you know, if, if he does truly reach his, his you know, his form and, and his health prevails, I think he could be a, a sneaky surprise toward the tail end of the season. There you go. All right. Player number three, we agreed on the first two. Something tells me we're not going to agree on whoever you bring up next, but let's see him <laughs> a player. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I just mentioned his name, uh, unfortunately, but it's Devonte Smith. And I think I may have, have given my hand away, but should you be trading for, or should you be trading away Devonte Smith? Three, two, one. Oh boy. Okay. There we go. We disagree. I think my thing with Devontae Smith is he's still seeing a high enough target share. Look, he put up 10.1 points after putting up 22.6 points in each exactly of the last two weeks. He's still dominating the target share in Philadelphia. We've seen his ceiling. Is he a player you can start every week? I don't know, but it's certainly possible. And maybe someone's willing to sell him right now so i can see the why you'd want to trade away Devonte, but look i think the talent the production the target share it's still there upcoming matchups are juicy i'm seeing a lot of greens right now four greens a buy and two new york giants so i think i'll take my chances with with, with smith Ugh. yeah i mean it was what concerns me is his ceiling he reached the fourth week of the season um, I mean, and that's to the tune of like 10 targets and that's his maximum on the season. A lot of these games, he's not even coming anywhere close to that. I mean, even in the last few weeks where he's been so dominant, he had two weeks back to back where he had 22.6 PPR points um, kind of, you know, left the foot off the gas against New Orleans with 10.1, but six targets in all of those games. And, and that's just, I don't think it's sustainable. The numbers that he, that he's putting up, like, yes, it's, it's nice that he's getting a few touchdowns soaring in there. He's going over a hundred yards again this season. And I like Spitty. I think he's, he's one of the best route runners in the game right now. And I, and I, he was one of my favorite receivers to evaluate um, in the draft last, last season. But I just don't think this, the, his, his target share is, is all that sustainable, especially like I said, with, with Miles Sanders coming back and, 
Philadelphia going to be leaning on him more? I just feel like like Hertz and Sanders are going to be the the true identity of this offense, at least for the rest of the season. Yep, they easily could be. Like again, it just kind of depends on the situation you have with your roster. All right, player number four, bring into the gladiator arena, if you will. Who you got? Yeah, we already discussed one Bengals player on this on this podcast, but we're talking about a receiver this time around, not Jamar Chase, not Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. Are you trading for or away for T. Higgins? Three, two, one. Okay, I'll, I'll go first this time. I'm I'm saying okay. T. Higgins don't obviously don't trade away like your C. D. Lamb or um or or Jamar Chase for for that reason. I'm saying if you are struggling with consistency in like the flex area of your lineup, and especially if you're one of those teams that has been you know taken to its deathbed um, in terms of your running back crop. I think T Higgins is a nice option there that you can slot in at your, at your flex, because it seems like he's hovering around 13 to 15 points per game. And really at this, this tail end of the season you want is consistency, right? You want players that are going to be consistent because not all these players, uh, sometimes you're, you're going to have to sub in their, their backups or their, or their handcuffs, because that's just the reality of of fantasy football is, is players get hurt and you need, um, you need, those fill-in options with T Higgins. I mean, he's still getting a, a pretty decent target share. He's not going to be the number one option in that offense anymore. But I, I think as, as the Bengals get into these last few weeks, he's going to be seeing a lot more, a lot more open looks, and he's going to be giving you um, consistent production that you can rely on. My issue with Higgins is he, he's been a relatively consistent player. Uh, obviously he had a terrible game against the Raiders and he's other than that, he's only ever he's only, he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games this season. Just two of them, including this dud this past week, were below ten points. It's just to me, okay. Are you content throwing in 11, 12 points in mm-hmm. your lineup, or can you use that to upgrade at that position? So that's the thing. It's to me. I don't think Higgins is a bad fantasy asset. Personally, I think he's overrated as a player, to be honest. But I think you can upgrade from him. I think you can trade mm-hmm. Higgins with another player for someone better using the case that you know what Higgins really is, and it's fine. He's fine for your team. But he's not really going to win you a league. He's not really going to win you a week or anything. So I would trade away T. Higgins. I think for me, it's it's more just about like sending the low ball offers and and see and see what hits. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. Like T Higgins is, isn't going to be like the league winning trade move at the deadline. That's that's going to, um, you know, sway you to victory in any of your weeks. It's it's more of just like okay, if you look at the if you look at the holes in your roster, where can you find reliable patches, um, you know, to stop the leaks. Mm. All right, last one from your. Slim pickings of players, rapid fire, still doing it here on the Breakout Football Podcast, sponsored by Link Me. God, I love the ring. I love how that sounds. I love. Yeah, I that. mean, somehow a tight end made it into mm. uh, this thumbs up or thumbs down segment. But Pat Freermuth of the Pittsburgh Steelers, how how are we feeling on him? Yay or nay? Three, two, one. Okay, we agree. Thumbs up. Thumb, thumbs up. Double thumbs up. Um, I'll go first. I, I just like Freermuth's potential in this offense. Um, obviously, Deontay Johnson enjoyed uh, the, the big pop-off game this past week. But, I mean, with, with Najee banged up, 
Claypool banged up with Juju out for the season. There's just a lot of opportunity for Freermuth to step into a larger role in this in this passing game. And he's already overtaken Eric Ebron as the number one tight end in this offense. And, and not that like tight ends in Pittsburgh have all have been like all that desirable in years past. But it seems like Big Ben is relying on his big targets a lot more this season. And uh, Freermuth is uh, he's he's an athletic option there and he, he gets red zone looks. And I mean, what more can you ask for? I mean, that's that's basically tight ends bread and butter this season is mm-hmm. is those those uh, those goal line looks. So I think Freermuth he he plays this role pretty well and, and has potential to take on a lot more and 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 shovel you know more onto his plate as as we get into this this back half of the season. One word, upside. Yep, got it. That's why I want him. Pretty short and sweet with that. Give me Pat all day long. All right, those are your five players. I got a new batch of five. And we will start with Russell Wilson. You're trading four or away for him. One, two, three. Wait, why did I put my thumb up for some reason? I don't know why. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. You faked me out. Yeah, thumbs, thumbs two, down. Thumbs two, down. Two, two, two thumbs down. It's pretty simple. Like, he was a sit of the week. He was my sit of the week for a reason. Yeah. Seattle's offense looks horrendous. Looks terrible. Wilson hasn't been helping either. Could he become the Russell Wilson that we've known and seen from him over the years? Sure. But at this point, the chances that he becomes a 20-plus point quarterback every single week seem pretty damn slim. And no touchdowns, about 14 total points in the last two weeks. Get him off your team. Sell him while you can. I agree. I, I think DK Metcalf is really the only option in Seattle that's that's worth on your roster because Tyler Lockett, I mean, ever, ever since Wilson went down with his finger injury, just kind of looked lost in there. Um, Chris Carson, he, he dealt with his nicks and bruises and eventually succumbed to them as well. So um, yeah, I mean, any, any Seattle player not named DK Metcalf, you can, you can miss me with, with, with them on my roster. Miss me with it. Love it. I love it. All right. Next player, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Are you trading for him or trading away? Man. I can't believe I'm doing this. Three, me neither. <laughs> oh, thumbs up, thumbs okay. up across the board. This, and this has been like an anti CEH podcast. I mean, I mean, not to the point where it's like slanderous, but we have pointed out multiple times, you know, in, in numerous episodes that CEH just cannot score red zone touchdowns, right? And he cannot convert on the goal line, and that's exactly what he did in his return. So, and especially with, with Patrick Mahomes, he's, you know, not playing to the caliber that we expect uh, the legendary Patrick Mahomes to be playing at. And maybe the chiefs are going to lean on the run as a result of, you know, his inconsistencies airing out the ball I think there's, there's opportunity for CEH to kind of write, you know, his, his wrongs and, and especially return from injury much stronger um, and more decisive than he was before. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, he only played 47% of the snaps, but putting up 15.6 points, I know the touchdowns caked in there too. Look, I'm not eager to have him on my team, but I prefer to have him on my team than not. I wouldn't really want to trade him away unless I'm getting a clear upgrade. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to happen in many cases. So I'd trade for him. I think there's still a little buy low tendency with him. Right, yeah, next. Uh, you, you definitely want to lowball that that offer for oh, sure. Oh yeah. You may want to lowball this next player too because I I am also surprised myself with what I 
think of Miles Gaskin. Let's get the, the thumbs up or down. There's thumbs up in the air, man. In general, you get the point. Anyway, yeah, on the count of three, your hand, Zach. yeah, on the count of three, trade four or trade away. One, two, three. Aha! Disagree. Dude, you know me. I'll, I'll never be the biggest Gaskin fan. I think he's he's pretty overrated and and just Miami's offense as a whole. Like some sometimes it looks like it's clicking. They're they're feeding Jalen Waddle the ball, and and sometimes it just looks in, entirely in disarray. And I think Gaskin suffers the most out of that. I think the biggest thing is it just depends on who has Gaskin in your league because if you're mm-hmm. looking at the odd weeks, he's been an RB one. Every odd week since week five. And then every other even week, every even week, actually, he's been bad. He's just been bad. So it really depends whether you could buy low or sell high for him. But the upside is there, and that is sorely needed among running backs. You definitely can't start him each week, but he's good enough to trade for. We should get the astronomy numbers on, on Gaskin's production. Like, see, <laughs> you know, how he produces on a full moon, a half moon, a quarter, a quarter slice, you know. I feel like we we would find some pretty interesting results. Tell you what, we'll do that at the Breakout Football Podcast Science Roundtable in the offseason. <laughs> we'll figure that out. When we when we reach peak boredom and run out of content. Okay, sounds like a plan. The content will never stop. It will keep on flowing. With our next player, anyway, we can make so much content about Rashad Bateman. And regardless, and we've talked about him a lot over the last few weeks. But is he someone you want to trade for or someone you want to trade away Rashad Bateman, hands in the air. One, two, three. Thumbs up across yep. the board. Yep, Why? thumbs up. Why are you trading for Bateman? I mean, just because Lamar Jackson's going to return, um, and uh, Hollywood is dealing with his fair share of injuries. But we've seen Bateman and his target share since he came back from injury steadily increase in in, in those weeks. And I think it's it's him. Hollywood and Mark Andrews that are catching passes in Baltimore. Nobody else is even, you know, coming close to, to their production. It seems like Bateman has kind of solidified himself in that trio. He's someone that Lamar Jackson trusts. And that's kind of rare because it, it kind of seemed like it took a while for, for you know, Marquise Brown and, and Lamar Jackson to get on the same page. It doesn't really seem like there's been any chemistry issues between Bateman and, and Jackson so far, and I think that's a really encouraging sign. And so I, I expect Lamar to rely on Bateman a lot more over these next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played with Tyler Huntley. And even then, Bateman still saw similar target and snap accounts in week 11. Sammy Watkins kind of filled in the Marquise Brown role a little bit. Obviously, Bateman saw a, a slight uptick in the target share and snap count. But regardless, Bateman's still a player I believe in. Last player. I'm kind of hoping this one divides us because I think it may. Last player, Kyle Pitts. Hands up. Are you trading for Pitts or trading away? One, two, three. <laughs> no, we were supposed to disagree, Zach. We both put our thumbs on. You know, it, you down. know, it's a tight end. You think I would be the one to trade for a tight end, even even though it's you know Kyle Pitts supposed to be the the next kind of prototype at the at the tight end position? No. How no. can you hate him? How can you hate Kyle? I don't Pitts? hate him. I don't. I don't hate him. I just wouldn't trade for him. I agree. I completely agree. We both had our thumbs down. You just can't confidently start him right now. I should have known you're going to put your thumb down, you Mr. <laughs> anti-tight ends. Gosh, damn. 
Anyway, yeah, the Falcons offense, they suck. They're terrible. Yeah, Pitts has the upside. Great for him, but I'd rather sell him for that upside, which he has not really hit at all, and get a tight end I can trust more each week. Kyle Pitts, sorry, man. Mostly not your fault. Again, Falcons offense is disgusting. It is Pat Freermuth or, or Kyle Pitts for the rest of the season, Zach? Take it, Pat. Take it, yeah. Pat. Hands down, 100%. And with that, we move into our fan Q&As. We got some good ones, but this first one from Instagram, from Seth Fine with two E's at the end, kind of caught my eye a little bit. Had to talk about it. And I tried to do, we try to pick questions that are like a little more general, but like this specific question about Alvin Kamara, just simply saying, what should I do with Alvin Kamara? Should I trade him? The floor is yours. Man, I feel like putting... Alvin Kamara on the trade block must be like, I, I don't know. That's just like, it just doesn't sit right with me. Excruciating. Um, it is excruciating. Like I know he's hurt. I know like the, the potential of the saints offense is, is really capped, but um, I mean, I've, I've been impressed with what Simeon's been able to do um, with the, with the offense. And I think once Kamara is healthy, he'll kind of s- slide into his, his normal role. Like Mark Ingram, like some, some weeks he's cut into his into his workload into Kamara's workload. Some weeks he hasn't, and so I don't know, man. I, I just feel like what I've said throughout this entire podcast, right? If you have a running back that is getting a large workload, like is in a workhorse role in in a decent offense this late in the season, then you've got to keep him on your roster. You think it's hard to say you should put him on the trade block? I'm saying, hell no, send it in, trade him 100%. I, maybe it's some kind of curse because I did say <laughs> Antonio Gibson was a must sell and then it got hurt and his stats decreased. Same thing happened with Kamara. Look, if you need to win your next two to three weeks, there's no way you should have him uh, sit on your roster because one, we don't even know if he's going to play uh, on Thursday. <clears throat> him and Mark Ingram missed practice monday and tuesday so chances that either of them even suit up is, is kind of slim right now i who do start like, in their in their place tony jones who <laughs> tony jones i uh, just keep an eye on him keep an all eye right on I'm, him. A, I'm gonna hit the waivers right now actually he, he's really go. not that good of a player anyway okay never mind i will say Kamara does have nice upcoming matchups if he does play but it's we just don't know like look you can try to sell him because again snap count was going down ingram was biting into his roll a bit you're not gonna get 20 plus performances out of him every week yeah you get like 16 or so points but let's let have somebody else buy Kamara for who they think he can be when in reality you know who he is and he's just a middle rb2 maybe not mid rb2 maybe a high-end rb2 but even then a middling rb2 I don't know. Like, I'd rather start James Conner over Alvin Kamara right now. Is that a hot take? No, I think I think that's exactly what I'm doing in one of my leagues. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. I, I can read. I can read your mind. Uh, let's get to the next question. Why don't you take this one? Yep. From Two Talk. Er, whoa. TikTok. <laughs> Okay. I started reading his uh, username because it's Luke's the bomb. And I guess the, the nice. you made it into uh, from Tuke talk. All right. Luke's okay. the bomb 42. I need to know if you think Alan Robinson will do okay with Andy Dalton. And if wait, hold on. And if do I start him over Tyler Boyd, let's just go with that. Yeah. Uh, first off, good question. A little, little weirdly worded, but you know, it doesn't matter. We're, we're 
can't all be perfect. It's fine. Luke's the bomb 42. Your awesome username makes up for him. Well, what we need to know if Allen Robinson is even going to play. He didn't practice Monday. He didn't practice Tuesday and he plays Thursday. He also isn't that good. Like, yeah, great. He had his third best game of the season with Dalton back in week one when he scored just 9.5 points. His season <laughs> high is 10.8 points. Honestly, you shouldn't even have him on your roster. I would, if you, I don't even know who'd trade for him. I would cut Allen Robinson. I'd rather have Traquan Smith or Robbie Anderson right now. So in this scenario, Luke, I would roll with Tyler Boyd, but even then I would rather have Traquan Smith, Robbie Anderson, who else is uh, also available? I wouldn't say Rondell Moore yet, but he's trending that way. I'd rather start those guys over Robinson, let alone have him on your roster. So don't even touch A-Rob, even if he's healthy this week. Yeah, I mean, especially with the emergence of, of Darnell Mooney in that offense too. Like, I just think gone are the days of Allen Robinson getting just the obscene target shares he, he, was, he was getting for his previous two years in Chicago. Sad, man. It's sad that A-Rob hasn't been able to adjust with both Dalton for a little bit and Justin Fields. Uh, next question comes from Instagram. 12, Seabury 12, a lot of 12s. Simply asks sleepers for wide receiver. And I got some sleepers for wide receiver for this week. And maybe these are kind of deep, but just some names that could pop off that uh, most people probably aren't considered starting or playing in daily fantasy or whatever you format you use. I like Kendrick Bourne versus the Titans, Robbie Anderson at Miami, Nick Westbrook, Akina, the Patriots. If those injuries to the wide receiver group are still very proficient, DeAndre Carter versus Seattle, possibly if the Ami Brown isn't fully healthy, if Curtis Samuel isn't back and who knows if he ever will be. Deep sleeper alert, though. Nico Collins versus the Jets. He's kind of been popping off lately. Uh, he did score a touchdown against the Titans, or it got called back. Don't really remember. But the point is, those are some sleepers I like. And, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. I don't know if you got any more to add. Yeah, I mean, I was contemplating, you know, trying to find, like, a good person on the Lions that I could, you know, throw out there and look smart on this podcast. But – you know, after looking at the stats, I think I would just hold my tongue. Your sleepers are just fine, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. We'll, we'll take them. We'll share them together. What's the next question? Next one from TikTok. Got it right this time. <laughs> it's from T Shadow One. Ooh. Is there a certain tight end I should pick up instead of keeping pits? Had to give you a tight end question. Just yep. got to do it. Uh, I really depends. And on if Pat Freermuth is available in your league, then yes, him. Doubt he is. Doubt yeah, he I is. Doubt I, I guess it really depends on who's available. Because I like Fryermuth. I like Tyler Conklin. I like Dan Arnold. Uh, the only tight end I had in my waiver column this week was Austin Hooper. Because his ownership rates were low enough to where I could feel confident including him. I did have Adam Troutman, but he is out four to six weeks. Hooper's not great. He's really not. But he, he's produced two solid back-to-back -back weeks. Again, Conklin, Arnold, Fryermuth will take him. But, like, honestly... Instead of keeping pits, no, you should keep pits over them. But if you need some tight end depth, then maybe Austin Hooper. I don't know. I'm shrugging. I'm just shrugging off camera. Like the tight end situation is disgusting. Yep. That's why I tend to avoid drafting them very high. And in the case of this week, tend to avoid talking about them pretty much at all. <laughs> all right. 
Final Very question <laughs> from Instagram, J- Jeremiah J19 with a strategic underscore Mooney or Landry. Just straight up. That seems really easy, like extremely easy. But I just yep. mostly wanted to highlight Jarvis Landry here because I'm obviously going Darnell Mooney, right? We can both agree. That's easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think it's an interesting point with Landry because he did score a touchdown. So it looks like he has 14.2 points, but that was off one rush and he had 16 yards and a touchdown on it. His receiving stats just alone would have gotten him 6.6 points with four receptions, 26 yards on eight targets. That's like Miami's Miami stat line for Jarvis Landry. (laughs) Yeah, they're bringing him back. (laughs) And look, I know we make fun of the Dolphins using Jalen Waddle like they used Jarvis Landry all those years. And now it's like Jarvis Landry's the one kind of being swamped back into that cycle. Look, I don't think there's a single Browns player I'm confident in owning right now outside of Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt said he's trying to play Sunday night against the Ravens. I wouldn't start him right away. We obviously have to see his role, but look, if he comes back, then yeah, I'd say Hunt and Chubb, but no receiver, no quarterback. And I know I just touted Austin Hooper, but man, I cannot confidently get behind him enough. Just the Browns as a whole, ugh disgusting Jarvis Landry is honestly a drop candidate him and Allen Robinson are two players I drop and wouldn't even consider starting Jarvis Landry at any point through the rest of the season no I'm right there with you like at this point in the season you've you've got to make business decisions for your fantasy team Mm. and um like those players they just they just are not pulling their weight no they are not and with that we have come to the end of our week 12 episode a day early hopefully you can all be thankful for that just like we are thankful for our first sponsor link me l-i-n-k-m-e it's an awesome new social media platform there are thousands of new users joining daily hopefully that can be you and you can start posting on their feed to gain new exposure for your personal brand or business and my favorite part like i said at the top of the show they are a link sharing platform which means you can add all your social profiles or website links to your profile share it with anyone mostly in part to a custom qr code which you can give someone to scan goes right to your page they can see your twitter your venmo paypal your, your spotify soundcloud snapchat anything so easy to scan i've been using it for months now it is awesome download the app if you download the app you got to follow me at zach cohen feeling cold is next but if you do not have link oh, i'm me, hopping on the wave for sure oh yeah he's getting on there they had over like three hundred thousand followers on instagram too they are this is not just your your random app this is a really freaking cool app it's a great concept run by great people so happy that they're sponsoring the show and if you are still not on link me one download it two follow me at zach cohen and ask questions and we will 100 get it into the show because we have a soft spot to our link me audience but two if you do not have link me yet you can still contact cole and i everywhere at ham analysis at zach cohen f b that is where you can find us this has been our week 12 show hey happy thanksgiving man thankful yeah, for happy you. thanksgiving what, what's your 1.01 of uh, things on on the thanksgiving dinner table my 1.01 yep oh man i mean the turkey's always good <sighs> look if i could just get some like pumpkin pie or key lime pie with whipped cream i'll be fine i'll be fine okay do you do you have 
gravy with your turkey or are you a cranberry sauce type of guy definitely not cranberry sauce that is oh, just, really seems disgusting gravy if it's on it i'll take it i'll dip it a little bit nothing i'm always really really light on dressing or gravy or anything like you put on something you know gosh Mayo. you're like my dad always dressing on the side everywhere he goes so annoying. yeah yeah that's yeah. me that's me got yep. a problem with that i mean one of these days when we, when we meet up and, and we go somewhere to eat or something, this is going to be like the first thing I say to you when we sit down. But I, I'll, I'll take stuffing. I'll take stuffing as the 1.01. Hmm. Fair enough. What's the, what's the one thing you can't have on the table? I've been seeing this type of discussion. <sighs> Brussels sprouts, probably. Like yeah. for some reason, like I know some people love them, but no matter what way you cook them, no matter you know what method or sauce that you put on them, I just, ugh, man, like does not sit right with my stomach i'll take that you see this whole discussion like matt judon started about mac and cheese i i don't think i've like ever been so turned off by the <laughs> statement he's saying mac and cheese sucks no you take i that know back. like today we had media with the asu players and um ahead of the territorial cup uh, rivalry week against university of arizona um but also you know just discussing things that the players were thankful for and one of our offensive linemen uh, Ladarius Henderson, he said that he was thankful for mac and cheese and it had to be a little bit brown on top, a little gritty, but he mm. said that that is his favorite part of this week. It's just so hard to screw up mac and cheese and especially really if it's baked on the top. Oh man, well, I am hungry, uh, but I already ate dinner. So I'm gonna have to find something else where you're at. You probably haven't even had dinner yet though. Yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking about hitting up this little, little poke bowl joint in, uh, in downtown. I think, I think that's, that's where I'm headed. Oh, yeah. Every college town has a Poke Bowl spot. Every college town. And with that, we are obviously thankful for you, our beloved listener who stuck with us this entire time. If you did listen to the show, prove it to us. Tell us your go-to meal, food, snack from Thanksgiving and the one thing you cannot have at all you're you're buying yourself buy and sell thanksgiving prove to us that you stayed with us this whole time we actually hit a record amount of downloads last week too i forget the oh, exact number but we are continuing to do big things especially with the support of link me and the believe podcast network all right here on the believe podcast network zach cohen cole topham parting words hit them yeah, i mean what, what can i say like you just say Coliseum and Gladiator and you just get all the listeners just flock to the episode. But anyway, that's been Breakout Football Podcast. Go catch them dubs this week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.